Welcome to the Hope on the Way podcast with Father John Ahmed. John is the coordinator for the Christian Ecumenical and Missional Society of St. Patrick and St. Aidan, and he's the founder of Hope on the Way Ministries. Now, join Father John and discover hope and relevant answers in following Jesus, who is the way and the truth and the life. Well, today is Baptism of the Lord Sunday, so blessed Baptism of the Lord Sunday to you all. We're reading from Matthew chapter 3. Verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. That moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Today's message is entitled, Understanding Baptism, the New You. Understanding Baptism, the New You. The opposite of understanding is misunderstanding. Like it or not, there are many times in our lives when we have to correct our misunderstandings. Am I right? Especially if you're married. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of misunderstandings. Some misunderstandings in life are minor. Other misunderstandings are more significant. I think one of the Major misunderstandings in regard to our faith is the meaning and purpose of baptism. Do you really know? Do you really know what the meaning and purpose of baptism is, or do you just think you know? Or maybe you've never really even thought about it that much. Is it a nice ceremony to invite your family and friends to? Can be, but is that all it is? Is it an event to pep up your Sunday morning church service and to show your congregation what a success at evangelism you're all having? And hey, baptism services can be peppy. No doubt about it. But that, that's all it is? Is it a matter of mere obedience? Hey, the Bible says get baptized. i got to get baptized. And it's a testimony that I've received Christ as my Savior. It's really just, just a word picture of what Christ has done for me. And it certainly is. certainly is a testimony. certainly is an act of obedience. But is that all it is? Do you really understand the meaning and purpose of baptism? Let's look at Christ's baptism in Matthew 3. And hopefully, by the time we're done today, you're going to fully understand that in baptism, you can receive, through your baptism, God's transforming power for your life. Now, John's baptism, that is John the Baptist, was one of repentance. It was a washing away of sin 
and an acknowledgement of sins. When Christ comes for baptism, John looks at him and protests. He can tell right away that this guy is someone who needs to baptize me. I shouldn't be baptizing him. And he protests. Wait a minute, I think you should be baptizing me. But Jesus says, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Now I don't know about you, but this verse used to really throw me for a loop. Because I had a misunderstanding of the baptism of Jesus, and I had a misunderstanding of my own baptism. And I think it held me back a little bit in my Christian walk. So what is Christ really saying to John the Baptist? What's He really saying? Hey, we've got to do this to fulfill righteousness, John. Jesus is saying to John that He must be baptized so He can fully identify with sinners. Christ was baptized in a baptism of repentance not because He was a sinner, but because you are. In baptism, Christ fully identified with you a sinner. And hey, that's not personal because Scripture says we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's why Christ came to take away the sin of the world. Jesus was baptized so He could fully identify with sinners and continue His mission of salvation. 2 Corinthians 5, that is a rich, rich chapter. Verse 21 says, God made Christ, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us so that in Him you might become what? The righteousness of God. He made Him who had no sin, Christ, who had no sin, became sin for you so that you could become the righteousness of God. In baptism, in His baptism, Christ fully identified with you, the sinner. So no one can say to God, God, I, you don't understand me. You've never had the temptations I've had. You've never had the problems and the struggles. You're the Creator. How could you even understand the world? He can't because He fully identifies with you through this act of baptism that begins His ministry. Since Christ was baptized to fully identify with you, you must be baptized. Why? Think about it. So that you can fully identify with Him. Yes, Christ. Paul says in Romans 6, verse 3 and 4, don't you know in other words, is there a misunderstanding? See, the Romans had a misunderstanding. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. When you were baptized, who were you baptized into? The Lord Jesus Christ. In baptism, you identified fully with Christ in His life, in His ministry, in His crucifixion, in His burial, and of course, 
in his resurrection. Again, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. If anyone be in Christ, they are a new creation. New creation. Now I want you to stick with me for a while because I'm doing a little bit of teaching and I think this is going to enlighten a little bit in this epiphany season. Those of you who have a misunderstanding about baptism, in popular Christian theology, the way you get into Christ is how? By believing. People will ask you, not so much anymore, but it's the same idea today. Do you believe in Jesus? Have you been born again? Have you said the sinner's prayer to the popular Christian mindset? That's the way into Christ. Okay, So when Paul writes, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Of course I'm in Christ because I've made my profession of faith. I believe in Jesus. I've been born again. And there's truth to that. That pop Christian theology. In Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised Him from the dead, what's going to happen to you? You're going to be saved. But I want you to know in Scripture, that confession, that profession of faith, was not separated by baptism. They were the same event. Now I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking, so Father John, are you teaching that baptism saves you? What I'm teaching is Christ saves you. God saves you. And baptism is part of the salvic grace of God. In Scripture, there is no distance between profession of faith and belief. There's exceptions, of course. What about the thief on the cross? He wasn't baptized. But let me ask you this. If the thief on the cross could have been baptized, would he have been Help me out. He would have been. He had a baptism of desire. He would have desired baptism if he could have had it. Does baptism save you? God saves you. Christ saves you. And salvation is part of the process. You need to understand. You need to understand that baptism is a conveying sign of God's grace and power. Let me say that again. You must understand that baptism is a conveying sign of God's grace and power. Many Christians misunderstand the biblical meaning and purpose of a sign. Sign and symbol in Scripture. There's lots of them. If you want to read this week, look up in your Scripture signs and symbols. They're all over the place in Scripture. And most of us who are moderns in our pop Christian theology misunderstand the biblical meaning and purpose of a sign. Because we're moderns. When we see signs, what do we think signs are for? To give us information. They tell us to stop. They tell us to go. They point directions. They give us information. No smoking in the lobby. However, in Scripture, signs not only inform us, signs not only inform us, and baptism is a sign, signs not only inform us, what do they also do? They convey grace and power. Whenever you see a sign, a symbol being acted out in Scripture, there's always a release of God's power. In church lingo, we call it a sacrament. 
or sacramental. But I don't think we need to worry about that Latin word. Just think of it as a biblical sign and acting out a symbol, an object, an action that conveys God's grace and power and also informs us. For Christ, the sign of baptism was a conveying sign of His identification with you as a sinner. Why would He have done it? Why would Christ have been baptized if it wasn't important? Because it wasn't just about information, it was that it conveyed to Christ an identification with the sinner. He Himself was without sin, am I right? Yet somehow, through His life, through His ministry, through His passion, death, and resurrection, He became sin for us. Though He was without sin. And in baptism, this baptism of repentance by John, He identifies with you as a sinner. He understands where you're coming from. He knows exactly what you're dealing with. He understands your frustrations. He understands the wickedness done to you. The wrongs that you have done. So for Christ, baptism conveyed a sign of His identification with you. And for you, baptism is a conveying sign of His righteousness, His life for you. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are what? A new creation. How do you get into Christ in Scripture? How do you get into Christ? Do you sign a membership card? Do you merely make a profession of faith? Raise your hand during the sinner's prayer in the early church and say, I'm, I'm in, I've said the sinner's prayer. Not that that isn't valid, but is that how they did it? No. You got in through baptism. That's how you went in. Through, through making that baptismal confession. So you read Romans 10 passage, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead, that was done at baptism. So you must be baptized so you can fully identify with Jesus. That's why you must be baptized. See, by faith in Christ, when you are baptized, you receive the new life of Christ. See, let's clear up this misunderstanding because we're about to go practical here in a minute. By faith in Christ, hear that. Hear that. You are who said, Father John's preaching work salvation. No, I'm not. By faith in Christ, by faith in Christ alone, when you are baptized, it conveys to you the reception of the new life of Christ. Romans chapter 6, you died in Christ. Your old life has been crucified. So the old life, the new life may live. Again, in Romans 6, was Paul being merely metaphorical? If he was, what a waste of breath. No, you died in the waters of baptism. Let me ask you something, folks. Those of you who are listening via this podcast, how is the new life of Christ working for you? How is the new life of Christ working for you? For some of you, I hope you're saying, it's just the greatest thing, Father John. I just... It's night and day. I was baptized. And wow, 
It's taken off. My life's never been the same. Oh, joy, celebration, wonder. But I meet so many Christians who are doing their very best and all they can do is put on their game face. How you doing in Jesus? How you doing, baptized Christian? Hey, I'm doing, doing good. The Lord is good. Grimace, grimace, grimace. Let's get real here. Let's get real here. There's probably people right now listening to this podcast because your Christian life is not working for you and there's no condemnation for it. I'm not here to condemn you, but I want you to know that there's many like you. You're doing your best to keep your game face on, but deep down inside for you, the Christian life is shallow, hollow, disappointing, and defeating. Is that where you're at? Hey, I understand I've been there. I understand it. Now let me ask you this next question. Those of you who aren't having such a great walk in and with and through the Lord, can living a victorious Christian life be a matter of correcting misunderstandings? Can the reason be that you are not happy in Jesus is because of a misunderstanding you have? And the answer is yes. Yes. Misunderstandings are causes of a lot of issues in our life. A lot of problems in our world. The same is true with misunderstandings about our Christian spirituality and faith. One reason many fail to experience the transformative power of the Christian life through their baptism is because they erroneously think that the purpose that Christ came was to make their life better. And there's some truth to it. Christ does make life better. But Jesus didn't come to make your life better. Do you hear me? Let me repeat that. Jesus didn't come to make your capital Y, capital O, capital U, capital R. He didn't come to make your life better. He came to kill your old life. This is hard to hear, but your old life is beyond restoring. If God could redeem your old life, the old you, He would have done it. But Christ didn't do it. He came not to give you a better life, Versus make your life better, He came to give you His life. That's why in the waters of baptism, your old life died with Christ. If anyone is in Christ, they are what? A new creation. The old has gone. Where did it go? It went to hell in the waters of baptism. It died with Jesus. It went to Sheol. It went to the grave. It went to Hades. And up out of the water came this new you. Baptism is all about the new you. Your new life in Christ is Christ. Do you hear me? Your new life in Christ isn't your old life made better. It's Christ's life. He gives you His life. 
in and through and by the waters of baptism and your faith in Him. Jesus said, I am the way. Say it with me. The truth and the life. He didn't say, you are the life. He is the life. Superlative. How many of you out there just love your old life? You just love it. Oh, man. I love my old life. Wait a minute. Christ came to just make it a little bit better. So I could be happier. So I could feel virtuous. So I could tell everybody I'm such a good Christian. Another reason you may struggle to experience the transformative life of Christ is because you misunderstand baptism as being only a conveying sign of information. How many of you were taught that baptism was only about information? When you were baptized, you were just giving information to those who watched you to say, hey, this is to inform you that Christ has redeemed me. How many of you were taught that theology? I'm raising my hand. That's what baptism was. It's what you were taught. It's just a sign like stop, go. Quiet in the theater. Hey, this person's been saved by Jesus. And don't get me wrong, baptism is a sign, a conveying sign of information, but it's also a sign of God's conveying and transforming grace and power. What I'm about to say you know is true. Because I know those of you listening in this sanctuary today, you've been around a lot, you've been to many different churches, and you know this is true. I'm not exaggerating. Within, within the greater church, there is a raging current of rebaptism. Am I right? People are getting baptized over and over and over again. And they're doing it because they mean well, not because they're heteroprax, which means they're not doing it the right way. No one in the early church was baptized twice. Once was enough. But they're getting rebaptized and rebaptized because they tell you, you talk to them, why were you rebaptized? Because it just didn't seem to work the first time. They may not say it like that. Like I was too young and I didn't understand it. Or, or I just felt I needed to do it again. Why, Folks, why are you getting rebaptized? Let's think about it this way. How many of you have ever doubted your salvation? <laughs> we have some honesty here. When you doubted your salvation, did you go back and pray the sinner's prayer a hundred times? Every time you doubted your salvation, did you go back and pray the sinner's prayer? No! You stood on the promises of God, didn't you? You said, I am having some struggles doubting my salvation, but I'm not going to trust in my feelings. I'm going to stand on the Word of God. My salvation is based on God's work in my life and His promises to me and not the things that I have done alone. Whether you experienced it or not, whether you were taught incorrectly or not, whether you had a misunderstanding or not, when you were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit in the one holy, true, Catholic, 
apostolic church, the church that Christ and the apostles founded, when you were baptized, you received grace and power in your baptism. Whether you experienced or not, how do I know? Because Scripture said you did. Go read Romans 6 and the rest of Paul's letters. Just as when you doubt your salvation, you stand on the promises of God, so, so when you are struggling in this life, stand on the promises of your baptism. God has made promises to you in baptism. We've read some of them today. But also, whether you did them out loud or just did them through obedience, you made promises in your baptism. How many of you did not make baptismal promises out loud at your baptism? Just raise your hand. There's nothing wrong if you didn't do that. Yeah, you didn't make any promises. But you did make promises through your obedience in fulfilling the sign. You showed up. You were probably asked the question, do you believe in Jesus Christ? You had a prayer said over you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You were immersed in water. You submitted to that. In doing that, you made at least three promises to God. Number one, that you believed in Him. Number two, that you trusted Him. And number three, that you were going to obey Him. Am I right? Aren't those the implicit promises you made in your baptism? Stand on those promises. In your baptism was and is still grace and power. And that's why every year, liturgical churches have their congregations renew their baptismal vows. And in a few minutes, we're going to renew our baptismal vows. I'm going to cut this podcast message today off before we do that. And those of you listening to me via podcast, please check the next message because that's going to be a standalone on Hope on the Way podcast where you can renew your baptismal promises with us in a standalone um, like five-minute prayer litany of renewing your promises. And you do that, by the way, those of you listening on podcasts, go to hopeontheway.info www.hopeontheway.info go to resources and you'll find Renew Baptismal Promises. And you can say them with us today. But today is Baptism of the Lord Sunday. It is the season of Epiphany. Let me just say this, rejoice and celebrate. Because by faith in Christ, through the sacramental sign of your baptism, you've been fully identified with Christ. Isn't that good news? Renew your baptismal promises and stand on God's baptismal promises and receive His life, His power, His grace anew in your life and be transformed as a new creation in this coming year. Blessed Epiphany season and blessed baptism of the Lord Sunday to you. Amen.